0: Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tali and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real-life lessons and people doing cool shit. What's up, guys? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. Who do I have sitting opposite me today? trouble Sarah! Surprise, surprise. I was gonna say, like, who else (laughs) would it be? How are you today? Um let's get creative. Let's get creative. I am I'm half content. Content, I like that. Yeah. Half glass full or full? Half full. Okay. What's happened to the other half? Oh, I thought you meant is the half- glass half empty or half full? Oh yeah, that's what I meant. (laughs) You dumbass. That's what I meant. <laughs> I was thinking about those serious questions. You know what I mean. So you're good. That's good. Speaking on the serious questions, we did play a very fun game the other night at dinner. Yeah, shout out Flex Mama. Um, I mean, these cards are old, but questions you actually want to answer. Critical mm. thinking conversation card game. Best game ever at a dinner party. Creates a really cool conversation and gets you thinking. Yeah, I learned stuff about you. Did you actually? Yeah, I didn't know you were shit scared of aliens. Oh yeah, yeah I am shit scared. Well, I'm not shit scared, but I don't like thinking about it. Like, I don't want to think about all that shit. It scares me. And how are you? How's your first week as an official girlfriend? <laughs> Good. It's actually coming down tomorrow night. That's a vibe. So when this launches, that'll be the Thursday before Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Life's good, great. <laughs> <laughs> How's life as a single gal? Oh yeah. Has anyone listened to your podcast? Yeah. Shout, really? Yeah, yeah. Shout out, baby daddy. Hey, baby daddy. <laughs> what's up? You made us laugh this morning. Um. Yeah, they did. Let's. Well, we were nervous. They or one or two? One, or three. Only one. Oh, I reckon secretly I think the two of you because I know you're probably going to listen to this. Have listened. Maybe not. Who knows. Anyway, we just recorded a really cool podcast episode. Um, We recorded it again. I'm not going to say the last name. Um, Vanessa. Calafiore. Great. Glad you're Italian and didn't know that (laughs) because I didn't. Um, We recorded. She is an actual... I don't want to drop too many um, bombs about the podcast because it was basically her story and it's Mm -hmm. bloody inspiring. I think we can basically say Vanessa was born without hands and without feet. Yes, exactly. So, um, and... It's still fully functioning. She, you know, sitting here texting, like everything we all do, she can do. Yeah. Um, and basically the whole punchline to the whole episode is she's never really let her disability get in the way of achieving her dreams mm-hmm. and inspiring people, which yep. I think is phenomenal. I I took a lot out of the conversation during the recording and pre and post oh, I pre, think I wish we had recorded that yeah and like I said to Vanessa I was like I've learned so much about life mm-hmm. from you mm-hmm. just in a 10 minute conversation I think she the way she sees life and wisdom and experiences I phenomenal applaud yeah, yeah. 100% and um, she's literally a vibrant like when she walked in I was oh as soon as I hugged her and we all know everyone listens to podcasts I'm not big on hugs but she's just so kind and like I don't know what her energy is I I described her to herself as magnetic magnetic good word like that very confident magnetic Yep. we like that I wish someone described myself like that but I don't know if they would I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to say that. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we hope you guys liked the episode this week and don't forget to like, subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you do like the episode, please comment below. And five stars. Yes. Thank you. Have a good Wednesday. Bye. Hey Vanessa. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for sitting down and talking to us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we, were, we were having a chat for about 10 minutes before this. I think it was longer than 10 <laughs> minutes, but it was a good chat. I'm like, guys, we need to record <laughs> yes, this. This is good. I know. This is good info. I've already had about three life lessons. So thank, <laughs> thank you. If I said the same thing to her, she wouldn't
1: listen to me. So but I'm glad the, she listened to you. Don't you think though actually, I mean, straight into it, but yes. I feel like when someone's removed from you, right, mm. you're able to absorb the lesson rather True. than – like my best friend does the same thing, right, and the people closest to me as well, they're like, I feel like I said this to you like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> – yeah. you know what I mean? It, there's there's something about being able to sort of reach out to someone that you sort of trust their knowing mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, you're, you've, you've lived enough where I, I will take that on board. yeah, yeah. But like they're not – anyone to you. Like, yeah. like at the end of the day, I'm like a completely stranger to you. Yeah, you know? but and honestly, that, you've changed my perspective on boys and relationships yay. already. <laughs> <laughs> my pain is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Literally. So yeah. um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, um, I am Vanessa <laughs> <laughs> and I am a chick that was born without hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Let's sort of let's start with the obvious. Yeah. Um, I was born this way for no reason. And um, I... Have really not ever been limited in my mindset by my disability. I think mm-hmm. that I was raised to believe that um, I don't have a disability, which was actually something that I had to learn to accept in a, in a weird way because I was so my. I, I suppose I've got two moms, by the way. Yeah, and I suppose my two moms wanted me to never have a limited life experience, mm-hmm. and so it was very much so like you know you have have a different ability and that really gave me resilience and grit growing up, to be honest, going out in the world. Like I sat in a normal school and I figured out how to write myself. Like it wasn't like there was someone teaching me mm. how to do all these skills that you guys kind of went to school to learn. True. And so that really set my life up for my mindset up and I was very much like sunshine and jumping and joy. And uh, I sort of like was really excitable as a kid and then my um, – Leg broke uh, around twelve years old, and that was my first experience of feeling limited in my disability. I was like, "What is mm-hmm. happening to my body? I, I, your, your real like real yeah, leg." So I was well because I live with chronic pain, yeah. and and they think that I've always had chronic pain to some degree mm-hmm. my whole life, mm-hmm. and I don't know what pain free days are like. Okay, and so. Um, I, I, I was like walking funny and limping and in a bit more pain and they they came to realize it wasn't so much a break as it was a fracture Mm -hmm. and they put me in a wheelchair and so birthed my fear of, oh my God, I might end up in a wheelchair. And I saw how limited my body could potentially Uh be. And as I've gotten older, my chronic pain keeps getting worse because, I'm, um, in a sense, very rare in, and unique in within my disability in that I do a lot more than like the average yeah. person would. In my case, mm-hmm. not to say that others aren't doing amazing without hands and feet. Y'all, power to you. Yeah, <laughs> but like in terms of what I do compared to a lot of other people, like uh-huh. I live a very independent life, and not not all of them live as independent as me. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like in terms of like aids around the house or whatever, I just don't have any of those aids sort of thing. Yeah, and so going back to sort of like that breaking that leg, like that really messed with me mentally, and that was where I was where I found like a weak spot, and that was um, sort of where a bit of abuse was happening around that time. A lot mm-hmm. of endings happened and beginnings happened around mm-hmm. twelve, and that messed with me, and so I ended up um, dealing with like an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. um, I've done eating disorder in two spectrums. I was obese and then I was really thin. Mm -hmm. And so high school became for me like a really um, tumultuous experience Mm -hmm. in that I was really messed up in the head. I had locked away at that point my trauma and I was living with PTSD and with all the abuse not remembering. Um, That's very normal for a kid that's being abused, but they'll sort of lock it away in like a Pandora's box or Mm -hmm. something. And so I was uh, living with my eating disorder. I was living with sort of my chronic pain. Um, I was depressed and suicidal, and that colored my um, high school experience. I was bullied as well, not for having no hands and feet. I've actually never been bullied for really? no hands yeah. and feet. And that's because I believe that humans sense what we're insecure about. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. And yeah. so a bully isn't going to pull on your strings that you, that, that, Are gonna do nothing to you. Yeah, They're actually gonna be like, "Well, I sense where your insecurity is, is. and I'm gonna go for that." So I was bullied for being fat. (laughs) Get out! Really? I was, uh, and there were, you know, it was it was yucky high school like experience in that regard. But in the in the same sort of way, I had a very um, what's the word? I had a a good thing to call on, which was myself. Yeah, in that living with a disability your whole life, you've got two pathways. You mm-hmm. can either be a victor or a victim mm-hmm. and I am a victor. So I don't see my uniqueness as a bad thing. I see it as a good thing. Mm. That allowed me to colour myself how I want to be in this world so I I took what was unique about me my disability and I applied that to every aspect of my life I'm okay being the weirdo in the corner of a classroom doing weird clay flowers while everyone's Mm. doing maths Mm. I don't care what people think I never have Mm -hmm. sometimes I've had phases in my life but ultimately I'm gonna do what serves me and what what I think is cool Mm -hmm. and so you know the bullying was tough but it was also like the choice wasn't to follow the sheep the choice was well, I'm gonna continue being weird and just you know, put up with the bullying. Mm -hmm. And then I left high school and I realised, oh, I'm going to follow my heart with music. I did a bit of that. And I've done like kind of hopping around and um, I still got really um, depressed and I found the other end spectrum of the eating disorder somewhere along Mm -hmm. the way. Um, But I also developed a drug habit (laughs) during um, the fusion of rediscovering my Uh, Trauma. Trauma, Yeah, Mm, I had a trigger moment in that I was sort of at a family event and something went down, and that I had my first sort of what would call you call like a flash memory. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "What the? Sorry, my let us swear." Yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. man? I'm a point of fuck bombs. Okay, good. uh, (laughs) I'm like, "What the fuck was that?" Uh, Yeah. And because, like I said, I've got chronic pain, Mm. so I've always had pain meds around. And I would say, like, I say this was the point where my like where my drug use became inappropriate. How old were you then? This would have been – I would have been 18, 19. Okay. Yeah, so 18, still young. 19. So still young. But I will say I was already abusing it. Like yeah. I wasn't mm. – I, I, I don't remember the last time I was like low – like I, I remember – and I wasn't like a drug addict in the sense of I'm using to numb. Like mm. I was – Unconsciously doing. I was a very functional drug addict. Like my parents, mm. right? I got two mums. Yeah. They did not like my mom's a social worker, so she's meant to see the one he's yeah. like. I was just about I, to say, did your mums yeah. pick up on it? Because the thing is, I was so depressed from such from 12 when my like leg broke and that whole wheelchair incident happened, which by the way, my leg never healed. And what I was left with was, oh my God, my body's just gonna fail one day. Yeah. And I'm gonna end up in a wheelchair, which is my biggest fear. Yeah. So from 12 I just literally ended up like this sort of blob and sad person and I lo- and the trauma was stopping at that point right mm-hmm. like I was stop I had been stopped abused that he sort of no longer had access to me so that meant then that like all this stuff poor like there was beginnings and endings right and then that meant that there was times in my like in in my sort of high school years, where I was taking a lot more pills than like I think people really knew mm. what I was doing, and I'm a hustler, I'm mm. a dodgy, and I'm like, <laughs> like I don't mean this is a negative way because yeah. I've used them now for for good, yeah. but where there is bad, there is good, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that eighteen was when I started it. It was that when it went tipped over the edge. Yeah. And the drug thing and the alcohol thing, like I, I never really abused alcohol, but they went one in the same in that. Like I was starting to take drugs to forget. Mm. Then there's this tipping point where you remember. You yeah. get more lucid enough where you're like, hey, I got access to trauma. Here. Yeah. You know. And then I would just knock myself out, and I would, and I spent like a the early part of my sort of twenties being a mess in finding rock bottom. Like my mum for a good part of a couple of years of that end point before I got sober, she wouldn't lock the front door because she's like, well, my daughter's not bringing keys with her, certainly. Yeah. And she, like who knows when she's coming home and my brother – didn't know my friends because we all hung out. He knew my friends because he'd get woken up because the way I would be brought home at night was passed thought, out, being yeah. carried into my – and my self-worth was so bad at that point that I got rid of – like I'm Italian, yeah. Mm. My, culturally we've got a beautiful house. Sarah, everything's get gorgeous. Oh, really oh, well. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in, within my bedroom I was living like a drug addict. I'd mm. taken out all of my furniture. I had a bed in there with uh, so a mattress and I had a a blanket and some nights I didn't even think enough of myself where I would sleep on the floor Uh. in the corner. I didn't know what I was doing at the time but like looking back on that and learning from what what self worth is about, you're like, wow, I didn't even think enough of myself that I could sleep like in the bed. that I could sleep on ah uh, furniture, yeah. a side table with yeah. a lamp, <laughs> you
0: know, what glass I mean? of water, yeah, I like, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. it. and
1: I was getting and I was waking up to get loaded because I was like, I'm in pain, I'm in so much pain. Mm. No, it was in emotional pain. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it was I had like a, a really part of what saved my life and I, I mean I don't know that she necessarily wants to always acknowledge this but my best mate right my soul why I believe in soulmates is she I mu- I'm i I remember muffling something and she asked me questions and about it and then I told her sort of about what had happened to me? Some of the abuse, <clears throat> and she spent two years trying to convince me to tell my mum. Oh, so you I, kept it so all to yourself? I, I yeah, no one knew nothing. I'm really good at being <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. like, no one knows when I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm very because think about it, I live with chronic pain. Mm. If I showed you yeah. exactly what was going on in my body at, on any given day, in an accurate measure of what I'm feeling. Everyone would be like, "Why are you not in a mental home? And why are you not like drug? Mm. Like right now, I'm in a lot of pain, and I've got no drugs in my system. Mm. Like I do it sober, and I was a mess back then, you mm. know. And so, and, and you know, I was worried that my mum was gonna like go nuts at the mm. person yeah. that like that that did it. And so, like, it was just it was a scary time. And like, thank goodness for my my best friend, oh. you know. Like, she's literally." part of why I'm alive. And yep. like, Poor thing. She's going to be like, that's so overwhelming. No, <laughs> no what but, a bloody hero. Shout out to your best yeah, friend. Yeah, seriously. I, I got you, goosebumps. Like, yeah. She's so good. And, um, and so eventually I did. I told my mum and my mum put me in counselling. And it wasn't until like six months in that like, my psychologist was like, "When was the last time that you were like sober? Yeah, or, or not loading?" I couldn't answer the question. Oh, I couldn't wow. remember. No and I was like, "I am not a drug addict. <laughs> I am not. This, I don't want this label. Yeah. I already have PTSD and a disability. Like, I don't like like labels. No like, labels yeah. are not. Cool. I think I might have dyslexia, but I refuse to get labeled on that because yeah. I'm like, no, thank you, sir. I don't want another want to yeah. add to my list. You know. And then I realized, oh. I have to deal with this shit like and then I, yeah I tried getting sober for like gosh like six or eight months before my actual date that came to pass where I was like oh yeah another week another week another week and I got rid of everything at that time like I just sort of even not that alcohol was a problem but I did because I was mm. like I just need to get everything, get everything. out yeah yeah, and so then now it's been eight years this year. Oh Look, my god, that's hell. amazing! Yeah, I mean, I've had near misses, t- two near misses, but like otherwise, like yeah. I'm, and it's been a struggle, but I can't believe I can say it. I, I, I reckon I'm gonna like. I say to people, "Mum's like, stop saying this," but I'm gonna say it here now. <laughs> I reckon I might like die old. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. That when I like, I feel like I might actually like hit ten years sobriety, and like I don't know. It's you try not to sort of live too far in the future mm-hmm. when you've got anxiety, which I have a lot of. Mm-hmm. And I think the past and the future is like where the problems are. Mm-hmm. So I live in the present moment. But that's kind of nice feeling to dream like I actually think I might achieve these things, mm-hmm. you know, I might. Yeah, and so now that sort of brings me to where I am now, which is I've done a lot of counselling. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of living and relating to people. And so I'm just sort of wanting to share what I've experienced and be a really like sort of open book and vulnerable mm-hmm. to an extent because – I think that the truth will, A, set me free. It's mm-hmm. a little bit selfish for me on my yeah. part. But, B, words have power, like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. and they um, they can really be part of someone's change. Like I don't sort of sit here and think because this is my thing on inspiring stories. Mm-hmm. Inspiration is fleeting mm-hmm. and it doesn't last, right? Mm-hmm. Think about every time you started a, a new stupid whatever, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my new routine. Mm-hmm. And, um And Because you need to have something that's solid, that's dependable, that you can go – like your reason and your why needs to be bigger than the inspiration and the motivation needs to come from within and Mm -hmm. an intuitive knowing thing. So the inspiration thing, the way I see it and what my part is, is it's a little ripple effect and it's a little tiny light bulb that goes off in someone that you hope they remember to pay the electricity on, Mm -hmm. you know, because I talk about this home within side of you. Oh, my God, you you were talking
0: about that the other day.
1: Yeah. Oh no, Taylor. We'll no, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, and so I, yeah. really, we were having, totally yeah, we were having a
0: discussion. Yeah. You know those flex? There's these flexy mama cards that at dinner parties you put okay. them down, and they're really cool. And oh, you I have ask, to get some. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you oh, after. Yes. And you ask, it's like deep conversations. Yes, I'm all about. Yeah. This. So you have it at the dinner table, and you really get to know everyone. And yes. one of the questions was, "What do you what, describe how you feel? when you're around your partner, what they feel yeah. like to you. And both yeah. girls said home. And I was like, I, I didn't say home. Taylor oh, said home okay. first. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I feel that. But then when you explained home, I was I, like, yeah. oh, my God, so true. So go. I just said to them, like, why would you put your home in someone else that would leave? Yeah. And then like, like not fuck. leave but like is impermanent.
1: I have so much to yeah. say on Yeah, this. Yeah. Yes. And then I Sarah's, self, like, yes, Sarah's like, no,
0: I think home is within me. Like where the home? And then I thought about it and I'm like, fuck, you're right because home – Home basis, you. Yeah. That's what you, you're always with.
1: Yeah. So, so interesting you said no, that. Well, so, and <clears throat> like, cause I do this for a living, like where I, you know, go yeah. and talk, talk and whatnot. And the way I just, cause, you know, you get asked a lot of questions about, like, how do you sort of describe resilience and all mm-hmm. that? And I like analogies. I think they sort of give us a visual and they, they place it in our mind in a way that we can carry home with us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, so for me, you know, I'll think about that lower moment where I wasn't sort of like even able to sleep on a mattress. Mm. I think about my home being the, you know, that there was no electricity turned on. It was like this horrible, cold, scary place. Mm. And actually my trauma I put in a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that like I'm now using trauma and, and that something that was negative as a positive in my line of work. And, and I try and say, you know, we need to remember to keep Paying the electricity bills to be able to have electricity. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's like you know when people go and they buy a car and they get their first tank of petrol for free. Well, if you don't keep filling the car mm-hmm. up with petrol, mm. you're not going to go anywhere. No. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing. Like I'm going to hopefully inspire someone and be that light bulb moment or that first tank of petrol. But it's your responsibility to keep filling up the petrol tank. You mm-hmm. know? How do you fill up your petrol tank? Um, It's very difficult some days, I will say, because, you know, I get, excuse me, I get like battle fatigue. I think sometimes I look at where I am right now because I'm Mm -hmm. answering it in the present moment. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a little bit wounded. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I've got a little bit like I'm dealing with some heart things, like, you know, Mm -hmm. emotional heart things. (laughs) Yeah. And so I feel battle fatigue because... You know, I feel like I've spent the better I spent all of my 20s trying to get my shit together. Yep. Yeah. And so I spent my whole 20s alone in the not in a bad way because I would have been toxic for someone, so I don't actually think it's a, you know, bad thing. But I've spent time trying to learn how to do exactly that, run my electricity. And what I've learned to do that would be to really go within, to not have my my if if anyone takes anything away from whatever you're listening to today is this Never outsource a feel-good feeling For Mm -hmm. when it comes to your self-worth. It always has to come from within and it has to be rooted from just who you are. And I was talking about this earlier today with a mate and I said when you fall in love, there is one thing that you, that you have to do and it's to reserve a little place of yourself only for you. You never mm-hmm. give that away, ever. Mm-hmm. That's a no-go zone. The only person that may allow it to be there is God if you believe in God mm-hmm. or whatever spiritual thing you're into mm-hmm. because that is you need to have your own knowing your own self so that you have you to come home to Mm -hmm. because you're the reason why you can trust people because you trust yourself enough to trust your intuition. It's a rippling effect, especially as women, we have this thing an intuition that Mm -hmm. allows us to just knowingly trust something. It's an inner knowing and Mm -hmm. each person has a knowing and it's not for you to understand, you know, we can talk and relate and that's wonderful, but, Trusting your intuition that's only for you, and that's what I come home to, is, yeah. is my home, my little space. And I and I love deeply. So, you know, I know that it can be amazing and a wonderful feeling, but you have to always put yourself first to be able to give a greater love. Yeah. You know? You have to fuel yeah. your own tank before you can give it oh, 100%. to anyone yeah. else. Yeah, 100%. So to, 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 I'm trying to come back home right now to yeah. To be honest because yeah. I could say the thing that I normally, you know, the, the normal spiel that I'd give when asked that, but it's it's difficult right now. to. Mm. I'm, I feel off balance, yeah. you that's, know, sitting here today. Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. there and that's little things normal, like yeah. to be up and down? Yeah, we I think so. Yeah, Flow. 100%. Yeah, 100%. even like with like... With the moon, you look at the moon, yep. you know, it hasn't updated it yet. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Mm. The the tide, everything. Even as women, you know, we try and hold like one certain body weight and it's like, dude, you yeah. get that you've got like a whole cycle yeah, happening here. Yeah. Of yeah. It. yeah 100%. Like, what is happening? Why, why do you want to? And and I don't. I want to be fluid. I don't. I don't know about you. Guys. Like, what do you guys want? Like, do you want? I don't want to sort of hold something and be grounded and be like forever there. Like mm. that to me feels stuck. It's a, yeah, it's a little bit mm. stuck. You know. Yeah. And I want to feel grounded in who I am and know that I can go wherever and and come back home. Yeah. You know. I'd feel that way. Um.
0: Do you? Some. I'd hope I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> well that, was an yeah. that was like a like, a like of I hope everything. I do. Um. Well, last year was a big test for you. Because I mean, last year don't, doesn't count. COVID okay, was fucked. Yeah. yeah. But. I, in take COVID out of it, and I'd say so. But why take COVID
1: out of yeah. it? This is what I would say. Yeah, okay. Because they're all one and the same. Like I I really struggled during COVID too. Yeah. I think a lot of, like uh, all yeah, of us did. Yeah, I think really we all did. did, yeah. But I am so happy that I am the version I am right now. Oh, like,
0: 100%. COVID, yeah, 100%. I hated COVID, but like, again, same as you, I had to sit with a lot of shit and yeah. trauma that went on in my life like a few months before. And I probably, and I've said this before, I probably wouldn't have had to sit with that if we mm, didn't have COVID. Like mm, I literally had to sit in this yeah. lounge room during it and I think it would have exploded like how you said, you block mm-hmm, it out mm-hmm. and then something might happen 10 years' time and then I would have gone and exploded. Yeah. And I think it would have probably been worse. Mm.
1: So Well, there go I, but for the grace of the Lord, <laughs> yeah. <me right> there. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, Seriously. I actually would be thankful for that. Yeah, you know? I am 100%. Yeah, yeah I guess I and am. And I think too like, um people ask you know what is resilience to me and all that Mm. and I say resilience is failing you know and people are like oh what do you mean and I'm like well if you can't be okay in failing then what are you experiencing when you know that you've got it good Mm -hmm. you know and part of life is it's always going to test you Mm -hmm. and we have free will so we get to choose if we're going to learn from that lesson or not because there are you know people are like oh they're just not spiritually woke and I'm like who cares? Yeah. Why are you judging them? Yeah. Maybe their job on this lifetime is to just not be spiritual. Yeah. Like, leave them be, man. Yeah. Like, you're not someone that should be judging them. Like, no, none of us can judge. Like, mm. like we're all going to throw stones in a glass house if yeah. we do that. Mm. You know? And so for me, resilience has really become the willingness to know that failure is inevitable because I don't always get it right. We all don't always get it right. But in not getting it right, we learn Hopefully from that experience, mm. we learn, you know, how do we learn when the when the hot and fire is fire is because we put our hand yes. out as a kid and we go, oh actually, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's what that's with any life lesson. You reach out, you open your heart, you become open to something, mm. and then you go, oh, you know, yeah. and then hopefully it's a good or a bad thing. Right? Yeah, it's true.
0: This is one of the questions we actually did at our little dinner party the other night, and mm-hmm. I found it really interesting. Um would you take back any of your traumas or
1: not because it's made you oh, the person? I love yeah. this question. Yeah, I like so this question too. And everyone's no. answers, yeah, yeah. No. That's what I said. I would change nothing. I wouldn't choose some of the things that have yep. happened to me because unfortunately I've experienced the worst things that all that, that any human can mm. experience on this planet. Um, and I know what pure evil looks like mm. sitting in front of me. I know that pure evil is currently existing and breathing. Somewhere else out in this world, mm. right so I also have forgiveness for that person I have no hate, I actually have love towards him, which is people really are like <laughs> when they know my like real like trauma trauma story, they're like that's that oh, crazy yeah. yeah but at the same time too, it frees me more yes. in forgiving him and the the whole experience allows me to be who I am right now. And I am fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like you have said something that like I really I don't like like people have been telling me I'm pretty since I was little. Yeah. Mm. Like cool. I'm beautiful, whatever. Mm. But you turned around and said to me today, wow, you're really wise. That holds Mm. value to Mm. me like Mm. that makes me go you know what I'm doing something right today yeah I can put in my little gratitude journal at the end of the day that like I actually said something of substance that gave something some to someone Mm -hmm. you know that energy transfer matters to me that is Mm. cool and without the experience without you know hitting rock bottom multiple times Mm. and and understanding that to lean into the weaker emotions that we all perceive as like, oh tears, uh sad and, and, and weak or this or that. I've learned that there's strength in that. There's strength yeah. in being vulnerable and, and what the world perceives as weak because mm-hmm. There are people, like you said, if you hadn't have been able to just sit here, you wouldn't, you would have just pushed through, you know, the whole hustler mentality. I can tell that maybe we're similar in that way. Like I do this, I go off and do a hundred things out there in the world and it wasn't until COVID that like my mom was like, I'm really glad for COVID because now you're sitting and relaxing. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't do that because I don't, I bury my head in the sand even though I've dealt with a lot of my trauma still.
0: Do you think we do that because I am exactly the same and we do do that to forget? About all that yeah. stuff,
1: and exactly right. Yeah. And you
0: pause, you're just like, boom, fuck, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, so what do you like? We, I know we were stalking you on Instagram. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, um, before you mentioned about body image and eating mm-hmm. disorder, yeah. how are you with that today? Does that still because I suffered, or yeah. Sarah did too, we both yeah. had eating disorders mm-hmm. as teenagers, and it comes up sometimes. Well, mm-hmm. for me, it does. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, no. Mine was a control thing. I couldn't control th- things in my life, so I controlled yeah. what yeah. I ate. Is that what? How yeah. control, is that what? It's a control. Yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: Really. Um, I.
0: <sighs> it's so funny because with body image, every mm. per, every woman we interview,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'd say ninety nine
1: percent have go through go deal with yeah. body image yeah. past, hi- and present. Yeah, and it's difficult too because like uh, I I'll I'll start here. I can be a woman that will walk into a room mm-hmm. without hands and feet, and mm-hmm. I'll be stared at that. Mm. But I'm worried about how big my ass Isn't is. Isn't that funny? Really, you know, the irony is not lost on me. There, yeah. I am also the woman that will do a bodybuilding comp and not worry about being stared at for my hands and feet. But am I lean enough? Do I That's do? So crazy, did I? Did I do it? Did yeah. I? Did I get? You know what I mean? Like I will be so insecure about the most normal thing, like mm. because also too, like I just don't see myself as disabled. So the flip side of that though is is like I can have amazing confidence. Like I am such a confident human being, mm. right? Like I just go out and I don't even think about mm. it, right? And I forget that I have hands, no hands and feet. I'll forget maybe if I have a pimple or if I'm feeling fat mm. or whatever because my mind or my intuition or whatever it is takes over and I can be really like I'm a very in the present moment kind mm-hmm. of person, right? There's definite an energy when I'm around, I'm told. But it's when I'm alone. It's when I'm when when I'm when in review, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm like, but <laughs> there's a but that's birthed, and for me, I would say that my eating disorder is nowhere near as bad as it was. But I wouldn't say it's not; it doesn't have an impact <clears throat> on me. Um, and and that's something that's why I did big sigh because I'm like, oh, I really wish that it were something that I was completely and utterly just not frail. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, too, that. when like my psychologist said this to me, she's like, "When you cut off all the branches, another branch grows." Mm. And I've done a lot of cutting off bad branches. Mm. I did the whole no drugs thing. You know, I have really good mental health, right? Like really good. Mm. And so the eating disorder is that one last thing that's just—it's the thing that it's the weak part of me, you know. And and that's okay to have weakness. Mm. You, you you know, the parameters of what to work on. Yeah. Um. And and so I have a really weird body image uh, answer. I think I'm amazing and I look fire. Yeah. By the same token, too, I can have really bad body dysmorphia. Yeah. And 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 purely just in the trunk, it's not Mm. because I'm not insecure at all about my disability. You know, like and it's so weird that like I can. It feels like a conundrum in my mind. I'm Mm, like, how is it that I feel insecure right now, but not? Yeah, it's 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 so crazy. It's, I
0: wonder how, as women, and we're all inspiring women and mm-hmm. like strong women. I wonder how we can change that perception to like for each of us, and to like how do how do you get rid of it? My Cause quest- you would you do you have thoughts about my that? My question is though: do we is it all internal? Like, do mm. we say we
1: wish we had abs because we're comparing it to someone else, yeah, or is I don't it know, just but,
0: like I wish we could? I don't
1: know. But do you want to be? So your question is how do we get rid of it? Well, yeah, it's an obvious thing that we all think about or we all Mm -hmm. suffer with
0: and it's like why – like we're built with this body, we can't change it. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, we might fluctuate I think in weight, but we like, have to practice more gratitude towards our body. Maybe, like, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Whole,
1: like, do you know how much processes are happening yeah. right now? Yeah, like, as we sit here, our heart is working, all our it's organs true. are working, the blood we is got pumping. Up in now. the morning, yeah. yeah, like that's nuts to me. Like my, my brain is like, so, like I love my, it. Does not work like any, mm. any many people's, and I love it. I love how unique it is and how weird it is, and, like, I value that as, like, a thing. I tell myself, yay, and, like, that's part of, like, my gratitude in the morning yeah. It's like, you know, you're going to go out and your perspective on life is going to be the thing that is appreciated in this world, yeah. you know. It's a little bit – tilts a little left, you know, and that has nothing to do with what I physically look like. Yeah. And yet I will look in the mirror and I'll be, like, well, Not we it. failed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because of, like, for me it's, like, so the control thing. Like, I, I – what I'm sort of, I suppose, not free of is I put on a lot of weight because I was being abused, you know, sexually. And so, like, I put a lot of weight on to insulate myself to not be seen as this, like, sexual thing. Yeah. And so that is something that still gets me, mm-hmm. like, where I'm I, – I will, you know, eat food to try and feel insulated. um, And then I do the control thing where I'm like, well, I'm just going to not eat because I've got no appetite. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, like, I still – I'm in the – you know both ends of that, and again, that's because I'm trying to create a feeling inside of me. it's yes, still that's not true. like it's funny how we mm. can like this is the thing that I I think it can't ever be taken away because we project and i'm going to say something a little bit controversial here because mm-hmm. maybe like you know the rooms gonna be like oh yeah. but i don't think it's social media's problem or mm-hmm. fault mm-hmm. i actually think what it's done is highlighted an issue that our society <laughs> yeah. already had yeah mm-hmm. and it's a thing that we have as a human to work through and mm-hmm. that's why i ask you well, why do you want to get rid of it because mm. Would you actually change anything you've experienced in your life? No, no way. So if we get rid of that problem, would you have had that experience? True. Would be, and and that's sort of I have no answer on that either mm. I because I, I just think what's the butterfly effect then? Like mm. what are we not learning? What do we not have access to? I was mm. thinking about that exact
0: same thing before mm. when you were talking about you're talking to people and resilience and in my head I was thinking
1: but what if those people in the audience actually – don't have a trauma that they connect yeah. to. So yeah. So I and and this is the thing where I will say, I'll be really sort of transparent. I feel like I've survived everything I have because of my disability and the initial way I was raised as a child, in that I was such a go-getter. I was so, I'm gonna do this. Like, actually I don't think I mentioned this. Like when I was a kid, there I used to get sat in rooms with like big, like scary doctors. And they started saying it around seven or eight, oh, these are the things that you're not gonna be able to do. Because like, you don't have arms. Yeah. And I was like, um You're telling think, me so, I can't? <laughs> I don't think so. So I created this thing called the list, okay. right? And the list was basically to – I put everything on it that I couldn't do. So, like, at one point I couldn't straighten my hair, Mm -hmm. like tie my shoelaces, drive a car because at seven and eight they were Mm -hmm. telling me that I wouldn't be able to drive. I was like, oh, I think so. So I created this list and over the years I got – like I took the things off the list, right, and the list is always meant to be empty and if anything I can't do, I put it on the list – and then I achieve these things. So like, I, like I achieved everything. Like I drive a car that's completely normal. Like I was just like, no AIDS. I, I wear prosthetic legs cause I have to, but otherwise if I found a way to walk out, yeah.
0: of, I'll probably walk Yeah, there.
1: You know what I mean? I don't wear prosthetic arms. I do, every, I do everything with the least amount of help possible. And so in that though, that resilience, that sort of initial sort of, I'm going to do this, that taught, that was, that's a skill, a life skill that my disability forced me to have. So when it came to, Sort of learning how to eat again or learning how to be sober. I knew how to be resilient. I knew like I I created the list again. Mm. I put on the list new things and I started the process again. Had I have not had my disability, I would have had to have learnt that skill mm. at the age of 18, 19. And that that's why I say to you, okay, sure you're saying maybe these people don't have resilience, but it's a skill that you can mm. learn. You are speaking English right now. Mm. If you were in Italy, you'd be speaking Italian. You know what I mean? So it's don't underestimate the power of your will and your ability to, to learn something. It's the willingness and the openness to want to learn that. And that's why I say resilience includes failure because mm. you're going to fuck up. Yeah, true. You know? And that's why the people need to know that it's a skill. It's not something that I was just gifted with, you mm-hmm. know. Like I failed many, many times and that's something that's okay. It's going to be part of the process. Do you, you still know? have
0: that list to this day? Yeah. And you still just add to it? I yeah, like I just, this I, list. I, I, so Is you know, it empty yeah, at
1: the moment? So it's. Well, I want the eating disorder to be gone, to yeah. be honest. So, but otherwise, yeah, there's really nothing. Um, and so when I, I, it was a bit big in that I was like wanting to do like bodybuilding and mm-hmm. you know, but I'm, I'm at a transitional phase at the moment with like, cause COVID happened. Yeah. COVID made me, um, really, a, I didn't take drugs, but I'll be really honest, I bought drugs <laughs> yeah um and and fucked me up yeah um, i was really I was really fucked up <laughs> um because uh the gym that I go to actually happened to be at the time my safe place because I thought yeah. it's a twenty four seven like when i I moved out of home at like when was i i think it's been like six years now, and then I happened to find my people at the gym yeah. that I'm currently at, and that became my safe place. And I happened to, like, my, my best mate at the time was, was – I've got two best mates, the other one. Um, he works at the gym – well, was working at the gym. And so, like, it was my safe place and mm-hmm. it was a place that I knew no matter what what time of the day I would go, that like, that was there. Mm-hmm. And then when it closed, I realised, oh, that was like my own personal police station's now gone. Yeah. And so I was so petrified living alone by myself and I had to really sit with that trauma of, oh, I've – like, you, you create a life and people – you know look at their life and go oh it just sort of happened no mm. there are things that my life that i've saw outsourced that once i hit COVID hit i was like oh that was trauma-based like i yeah, found yeah, yeah. people that would always protect me yeah and, yeah, yeah and like to the death protect me like yeah. i know i'm very loved I, yeah. look, I found what i needed to feel safe in this world so when that was taken away it really fucked me up and then i had to realize well where I was putting home how- and out yeah. somewhere else. I was yeah. like, I didn't even realize I was doing that because mm. I am. I'm going out preaching in my gigs, <laughs> you know, this home thing, and then the gym closes, and I go, oh my god, the- uh, yeah. <laughs> what am I? What have I been doing? Yeah. And So it it forced me to go to reevaluate. And that it's almost kind of like you know you've got your whole life sitting on a kitchen table, and I got rid of everything, and I was like, okay, what actually matters to me? I cleaned. I'll be really honest. I cleaned my social network. Mm. Like I like everything was up for review you know and i'm lucky in that i i already had because i was a drug addict mm. and i was dealing with trauma i had a support network around me already in place because yes. i was i i'm i'm living sober so like mm. i had people to lean on i actually Feel for the people. Don't you think you feel the for the people that had nothing? That, yeah. You know, they they've they've been brought to this awakening and then they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like we what did people about that the other do? Day too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or oh, newly sober, like, I would not have wanted to twelve the first twelve months was easy for me. It was the second year. That so that was, was hard. the hardest out of the eight years, the second year? Well, there's been a couple of hard moments that the second year was just hard because the first year was for me when I'm doing firsts I'm such a curious human being mm. that I just go with it mm-hmm. like and I really will like and so it was a first being sober for a year mm-hmm. was an experience yeah first time experience so I'm like so curious and I'm like oh what does this feel like yeah, yeah I'm gonna go here sober mm-hmm. I can do that yeah. but it was when I had to do it a second time that I was like, oh, is this what I'm signing yeah. up for? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, I don't like this feeling. I'm going to have to feel this feeling fully, but I want drugs to not feel it. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to have to sit with my, like, it It, it coloured my life a little different. And then, like, I had, um, I lost someone that I love. Like, she was my favourite human in the whole world. And when she died, that was really painful and that yeah. made me, well, that, that made me change my whole life. Mm. Again, that was, like, my own sort of just, awakening of like what am I doing with my life and I moved out of home as a result of that like not that my home is in a loving place it's just it was time you know Mm. to have independence Um, but the second other time was I I really it was it was a bad time with dealing with trauma and realizing like how badly I was treated and you know some other stuff that was going on at at that time that that was the only other time I bought drugs and I didn't take them but like you know I think it was I think it was you know, I look back on the the two times that I've done that now and I actually think it was to fully recommit to sobriety actually. Yeah. Like I don't I, – I, during COVID I was like what was I thinking because I really could have just fucked it all yeah. up. Um, but now that I've had a little bit of time between what happened mm. during COVID especially – and I understand what I was actually going through. I have more perspective on, oh, that's what you were doing. Yeah. I have, A, more grace and kindness for myself going, wow, like you actually, like I'm statistically someone that overcome what I probably should have, like most people statistically would have gone and done the drugs and like not saying I'm better than anyone but I'm just like let's go off a numbers thing because numbers make sense to me, mm-hmm. right? Like logically that helps me understand you know what, no, you were actually you, – you, it wasn't a bad thing what you did. You just – you needed to know was this what I want or mm-hmm. is that what I want? Like yep. what one's going to serve me better? And I – yeah, like – Testing yourself yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And sabotaging. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's <laughs> call it what but it really I is. I
0: down you had no intention of –
1: Um, I think I I recommitted to life. Yeah. I think I – I don't think I'd be sitting here today if yeah. I had have taken the drugs, honestly. Do I'm, you really think I that? don't – know because – the thing the thing with being a former drug addict is that you can't go ham the way that you did, the, yeah. like, formally. Like, the, it's, it's the opposite to, like, I really try and say this transparently to any people that are, like, sober and that they hopefully have this floating around in their mind because I didn't know this. And sometimes it's inevitable that someone's going to slip up and so yeah. this may be a bit dark to share, but if it saves someone's life, I think it's worth it. You can never go back to what you were on because you're actually, like, more likely to die of an overdose if you try and go back to what you were because you don't have the tolerance anymore. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? You built that tolerance and you were surviving at that point, cool, but you can't just go straight there, you know what I mean? Because you, you that's why a lot of the famous people that have died die because mm. they just go back to what they were doing and their, their body, body can't, can't handle yeah. it. And if anything, you have a... V- much lower weak point that someone close to me actually gave me that information and it's what's kept me yeah. like i knew not i knew what to do and what not to do if i was going to do drugs and yeah okay it's a bit fucked but at the same time too it could have saved my life if i did yeah. break sobriety and that that there are you're not perfect in it, it. the other thing too is what i've learned Sobriety is a personal journey as well as it's it's different and unique to the individual. Like your sobriety you create for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I drink now. I was going to say, say yeah. Yeah. yeah, do you drink? Right. Yeah. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I drink now. And so that's, you know, th- that's something that someone said to me recently actually, oh, well, you're not sober then. I'm like, excuse me, please don't project your sobriety journey onto yeah. my mm-hmm. sobriety journey and dismiss the work that I do on a daily basis you know, because that's something that you can't include in your sobriety. I'm not judging you for your sobriety journey. Don't judge me. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm really big on like let's all not judge people. No, you know, 100%. I think it's yeah. So I've learned to sort of have some component of alcohol around me, but yeah. I really don't. I try not to go and do things that when I'm not doing well and as we yeah. know my heart's a little bit like wow. yeah yeah so I tried to just sort of yeah do just... you do you go to meetings to keep you no nah, so I, I never really sort of fell into that circle because mm-hmm. I, I had a really good support system like I had in my psychologist um and then yeah I just sort of I actually didn't tell anyone for the first 12 months that I was wow. sober. Wow. Yeah, so, like, I was getting sober not telling anyone. So I was about 18 months in total because, like, there was a, a lot of fucking up in the beginning yeah. before I got to the anniversary date. But it was until 12 months later that I even told, told my parents because I was scared. Mm. I was like, oh, because people noticed that I wasn't taking pain meds for my chronic pain but no one really sort of, no, like, understood, like, they understood that, and I put on a lot of weight when I got sober. And I actually had, I documented like every day of my life during that time. Mm. Like I was, I've been into YouTube like all like mm. ever since I was really little. And I did this thing called Nessie vlogs, and it just happened. I'd started it pre getting sober. And then I, w- I kept it up and I, w- I told no one that I was getting sober during that time. And so my eating disorder got hit hard oh. and I was just binge eating because, like, I started to, for the first time in my life, feel feelings. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? And not because just from the drugs, like, coming out of my system. But, like, I was levelling up. Like, I was being a better version of myself and and turning feelings on. And I spent a lot of time turning feelings off, mm. you know. And it's really only been the last couple of years that I've lived with feelings, you
0: Can, know. Yeah. Can I just ask, with the chronic pain, yeah. what, what
1: do you do now
0: to deal with it? Like, do you do yep. holistic treatments yep. or anything like yep. that? So meditating.
1: Yep. Uh, my chronic pain will pain will flare up with emotional stuff as well. Yeah, so it's checking in that, with yeah. myself emotionally, yeah. being being okay with like looking after myself, like, needing a day mm-hmm. of rest because mm-hmm. um, I will push my body really, really hard. Like, right now I've pushed my body a bit too much over this last week and so I have, like, wounds on my leg that I mm. shouldn't be there because I wasn't in my body enough to feel the, like, prosthetic, like, rubbing up against my oh. – you know what I mean? Like, But that's an indicator of, well, you are not all, – all is not right in the next world. You're living up in you your head I mean? rather than nah, – you No, know, not even. You know. I'm with, off with the fairies, man. Really? I'm not in – I can – so because – Part of what my trauma, you know, allowed me to learn more precisely was disassociate. Have you ever heard of disassociation? So disassociation is when you're being abused, you will literally leave your body, right. meaning that yeah. you can, like, I could have been stabbed and I wouldn't feel it. Right. It's kind of like it's a bit of an extreme way to explain it, but yeah. that's literally what happens. So like, my uh, myself with my chronic pain, I sometimes like this is not just the abuse but even just with chronic pain like I will disassociate and leave like it's kind of like leaving your body and you just don't feel anything Mm -hmm. like when I say I feel nothing you could say to me that everyone I love is now dead and I'd be like okay cool I'd literally sit here and I'd go and I'd do and, and 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 when I'm not sort of right with the your, world yeah. I will go off and like, and I've done that like I go and I recently when you know the sort of heart stuff happened uh, I literally was told at, I was with my best friend and my mum and I got the message and they didn't know nothing had changed and I had literally just my heart had just been broken wow. <laughs> you know what I mean like because yeah. I, I know how to just like dissociate like yeah you just yeah, sort yeah. of leave your body and you just and I'm very good at sort of like painting a picture to the world and so trauma does that like that's a that's a thing that people will experience when being abused um, but also to having chronic pain as a child like I would have to some degree left my body because I would have been in pain and so you know just, how to sort of yeah. not feel it all it's a it's a instinct thing that your body will yeah um where do you
0: feel do. the chronic where do you feel yeah.
1: the pain so i have like my full leg like i yep. don't know if you've seen in some of the pictures on instagram so there's a lot going on in there so mm-hmm. i've got like twisting bones hairline fractures i've got um, dislocated fib head okay and then part of what why covid was so sort of scary for me and why i sort of leaned into the yeah. drug thing it's really hard to talk about so i'm going to get a bit yeah. bit rocky um, but I have this other thing that I, so I've so i sort of separated the chronic pain from this other thing that happens in my body, which is like I, I've named it like deterioration stuff, which basically is as I've gotten older, my chronic pain has gotten worse. Mm. And it does feel uniquely different from my chronic pain. My chronic pain is just like a general throb, right? And it gets really painful but it's like i know what it is and i can deal with it the deterioration stuff literally feels like i'm crumbling like mm-hmm. leaning tower of Pisa is happening and so i walk this earth sometimes really scared about like when's the last day that i might walk when's the last day that i could potentially be safe to drive like mm-hmm. am i going to be able to have a kid to carry a kid like what does that like look like for me these things are I I live with a lot of unknowing in my day to day life and and that's the hard part of the disability and and it's an inside thing that's happening it's not the physical like because I can do everything you yeah. know it doesn't impact me physically no. in the sense of like I can do everything it impacts me physically and the the chronic pain will hold me back and it's really scary sometimes like living with like feeling that dis, um, deterioration pain. I get really scared that my biggest fear is ending up in a wheelchair. Now mm. oh, I'm not saying that being in a wheelchair is a bad thing, but my life is like I love bodybuilding. I love walking. I like I'm actually like I'm a I'm a jelly bean in mm. real life. You know, I'm constantly like bouncing off walls and You're like fit thinking. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> you know, I try, I try. Yeah, you are. And um, and so like being in a wheelchair would have a real impact on my mm. mental health. In that, you know, I experienced what that felt like at twelve. Which, by the way, that fracture that they put me in the wheelchair for never healed. Mm. They just sort of said, "Yes, yeah, start walking again." So, like, what a waste of time! What a, I, I feel like a complete and utter guinea pig back in mm. back in the day. Like, where you just sort of like, you guys had no clue. And this is why I sort of fight for advocating on intuition I knew like as a kid you kind of have to listen what the adults are saying but as a kid it was my body it's happening to me I know what I'm capable of I know what I'm feeling and I say this to you know to my you know, dying breath, like we all have an intuition and a knowing and we need to listen to it more and we've silenced it so much that we can't hear it, that it's there, mm-hmm. you know, and so like I've, I'm learning to always listen to it. I, I have a really loud intuition. It's always really loud. It's just sometimes I don't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I go, I know you're saying that but I'm going <laughs> to yeah. here for a second, you know, and she's like, well, you're going to come back to me anyway, so yeah. stupid, go, yeah. go do stupid. Um, and so I find, like, I just am so passionate about like awakening people to mm-hmm. like that feeling and that knowing, you know, and big things that feel scary in this world don't feel so scary when you can trust that knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah. So it's 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 tough. It's it's mm-hmm. every day can be really tough, and and sometimes I just go off. Oh, fuck it, like I mm. don't care anymore and I just want to eat the world. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of what's, you know, going through me at the moment like in my mind. I'm just like, what am I even fighting for? Like mm. I, that's why I say earlier I have battle fatigue because I've been working now for like, you know, 12 years to try and get my shit together in my head and I'm still here butting my head against this brick wall. Mm. Like really? Weird, does it get easier? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know what, it's like what I said. It's I, I'm just – I'm learning like everyone is learning, and I have maybe a little more sort of know how on the resilience thing, but I still have the same issues. I still go, this sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't, it's still the same human feeling. And anything that's really ever affected me has happened in my mind, you know, and it's people look at me and go, oh, you know that's so amazing. I oh, can't imagine anything more difficult. And then you hear my story, and you go, "Oh wow, the things that have held you back are the things that have happened up in here. Mm, yeah. They're not the same things- as me. Yeah, I relate to you, like say, yeah, yeah. A lot of people exactly. And I think that's what I think more people need to be aware of is that you think my hurt is visible, and it's not visible. But that's because no one's hurt is visible. Mm. It's all happening inside us." You know, and that's something that we all have in common. We all are suffering in some way, shape or form. Mm. And to have kindness around that suffering and it will present in people differently Mm. and it will impact the choices that you make and you are who uh, I always say you are the choices that you make. Mm. You know, words and actions in alignment. You know, someone's truth will always expose them when <laughs> actions are here and words are here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Ben. Yes.
0: <laughs> so true. You know? If you if one of your friends was to describe you in mm-hmm. a sentence, how do you think they'd describe you?
1: I recently got told this actually. Oh, I love um, this question. I asked I I was I was on a first date and <laughs> we were sort really? of yeah, I was, we were swapping and I and I, I was told a couple of people I'm like, "Oh, this is what he said." They're like, "That's accurate AF." Really? Yeah, he cuz I, I think that new people are able to sort of read you read you better, mm-hmm. right? And I always always also, also to I always write down when I meet someone new, right? I write down what my initial thoughts were on that person Mm -hmm. because if that person becomes a someone in your life, right, and then, like, you're going through some trouble times, right? I do this more with, like, guys. (laughs) This is why... why, Sarah, take notes. Don't worry, I'm taking mental notes. It's it's really handy for business, for anything because your intuition and your gut instinct will always be the thing that is can, someone's truth mm-hmm. and so then when 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 some when you get to know someone you you give them a little bit more leeway mm-hmm. a little bit more allowance especially in a relationship you're like oh i'll just give you the benefit of the doubt kind of thing but if you have something to go back to and refer to and go no 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 this is what my intuition oh, said I like this. yeah you can go oh it was always there yeah. in the first place or you can go no 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 this is what my intuition said i'm going to give this person I'm the benefit li- of the doubt i like that that is fucking amazing yeah. I, like I do that. this with every single, yeah. like I'll do this with you guys. Yeah. I, go, like, <laughs> oh, good yeah. I will write and it's saved my butt so many yeah. times in how I conduct myself out in the world with business, like everything. It's so useful. I'm going to start doing that. I like that. Um, I like that To answer your question, he said that. I was energetic, and that people are drawn to me, like that—that that that, that, you know—that I'm—that people gravitate Mm -hmm. towards me. And I was like, you know, actually, I think that's—I'd say that, yeah. Because for me, I don't know that I'm necessarily know that I'm always doing it, Mm -hmm. and I—and this is where I try and work on my own self worth, in that sometimes I forget my own brilliance and I go but why you know what I mean like but that's my daddy issues (laughs) you know what I mean and and then you get a hit of it again and you're like oh yeah that's why Mm -hmm. and you're just like oh okay it's cool I can come back home to this knowing Mm -hmm. um but I don't know I think I'm definitely everyone's emotional bank (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and I'm really good at um hearing people Mm I I would say my superpower is seeing people from the you know, surface level stuff to the deepest level stuff and that that is all relative to that person. I think the thing that we do wrong as humans is we try and go searching for, I want to get to know you. What's Mm. your deep, like, you know, (laughs) tell me about this shit under here and it's like, yeah, 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 but... That's how they're choosing to protect, project themselves in the world. So that actually to an extent matters to them, especially with guys, right? Yeah. Like when they're presenting as a certain type of person, that, that projection matters to them that that's how they want to be seen. Seen by the world. Yeah. yeah. So I know you want to get to know a guy and I know I want to get to know a guy, but like – don't dismiss what he's presenting as because mm. that's actually, in a way, that's him going, hey, you know, <laughs> this is what I care about. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. your rising sign, isn't it, in astrology? Well, in astrology, yeah, but also to, like, personalities is what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. Well. I love astrology. Do yeah. you guys know your three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your three? Um, cancer,
0: Cancer, Aries.
1: No shit. Um, I knew there was a lot of water in this She's uh, double room. Cancer um,
0: too. And I'm triple
1: water. Oh my gosh! Okay, Pisces. Oh yes. Okay, so I am surrounded by water signs. Really? Surrounded? Are you Capricorn then? I'm not. I am. So I'm double. I'm all Earth. I'm a lot of Capricorn. That's what. But I'm double. So I'm um, Taurus. Virgo and Aquarius. I've got a lot yeah. of Taurus people in my life. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And so I I actually – so astrology was actually something, a huge deal to me because, like – so I have this thing called insomnia and, like, you know, ever whatever. whatever yeah. But I can't – like, before COVID, the whole hustle thing, like, I need to be productive. Yeah. So I used the no sleep thing as, like, I'm going to learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. I got super into astrology and, like, it, there was a coming home to myself on it because – I always thought, oh, yeah, Aquarian, I'm eclectic, whatever, cool. But when I got to know the attributes of Taurus and Virgo, I was like, this is why I am the way that I am. I understand this now. Like I understand me more. And so I don't really believe in it in the whole like foretelling thing. I believe in it in that I understand stereotypes in a way that then you can mesh together, that creates this beautiful, unique person, and mm, they yeah. just made me make the world make sense. Yeah, it was such a cool. so much water? I love <laughs> yeah, it. Literally, yay! Yeah, so, so double Cancer born, yeah. and Pisces, and double Cancer and Aries. Aire- Ooh, interest. Mm. Aries on what? On the last on one, rising. What's a rising, the rising. Yeah. Ri- yeah, so
0: Cancer, Ooh. Cancer, Aries.
1: Please really? tell me a little bit more.
0: I like read about it, but I'm like, Interesting. yeah. And
1: what was yours? What's I'm um, Pisces. Pisces Can- rising rising. Yeah. Well, Barry's a rising. My best yeah. friend, she's a rising. Yeah. Oh, you're sensitive. Pisces. Souls. Oh, yeah. Pisces is a really interesting energy to me. That, really? Yeah. Re- like I, I I really was not I did not get along with it very well when I was like a toxic mm. person and not having my shit together. And I and I was surrounded by it. So like my mum has a Pisces ascendant, then the other one has what's her ascendant. Gemini ascended. Anyway, point being that like my my mum and my bet my mom and my best mate actually have like two matched like I feel like I found my best friend in my Aww. mom. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, how did this happen? And I was so resistant against Pisces energy. And then when I Made sense of the Taurus thing. I'm like, well, no wonder the Pisces is like the waters around me because Earth and like Earth and water, yeah. are like they just want to be together.
0: Aries is Earth, isn't
1: it? E- no, Aries, Aries is fire. F- yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
1: you want to so fire and fire and air. So you want like people. um You might be have a lot of Aquarius. I feel like you got Gemini around you.
0: My sister's yeah, Gemini. Ge- yeah, there's yeah, a gem.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes I pick up on energy. Yeah, and, and my sister's I know Gemini
0: things. and. My boyfriend is Aquarius. Aquarius? Mm. Aquarius, Aquarius, yeah. Interesting, interesting, yeah, yeah. But that would be his um, star sign. Oh, yeah, that's his star sign. Yeah, yeah. Sun, 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 sun sign, sun sign, sun sign yeah. where the sun was. I wouldn't know what his other
1: stuff Interesting. Is. I um,
0: I want to talk about workout and, and fitness because yeah, when we great. knew we were sitting down with you, mm-hmm. I um had a little instance talk and I was like, "Fuck, man, you're fit." Like, I know, that's <laughs> what? On the podcast. I'm like, "Fuck, she's inspiring." You have said you've done body c- competitions, yeah. but what's working out? mean to you like why do you work Mm -hmm. out how
1: do you work out well i discovered (laughs) bodybuilding Mm -hmm. because i was in a when i moved out of home i was really triggered with eating disorders bad i wasn't eating at all Mm -hmm. and i was a cardio bunny so I, when I moved out of home, I had I went from having, like, treadmill and elliptical machine to, like, nothing. So I went and joined a gym for the first time in my life and became a cardio bunny and there was a boy there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, you know there's weights here. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow." Well, ditched the boy and it was love at first squat. I was like, what <laughs> the hell? Really? Yeah. And because, like, so to go back to, like, when I was 12, right, like I was super, like, into sport and fit and I was, like, my body was not – I didn't think it was limited. But when I was 12, everyone started saying don't run don't this don't that oh my god and i just was afraid of what my body Mm. could break as right and then when i started to do a little bit of pilates as well i discovered pilates which was like life-changing beginnings for me in terms of being able to have more mobility Mm. because i was didn't move the same as i did pre-pilates so that combined with like the whole like bodybuilding thing made me move differently made me move better more functional I was able to live with chronic pain in a more um, easier way in that like I could do things in more pain, Mm. especially moving out of of, like into sobriety. I I basically I have to do this sober. So, you know, the whole training thing just was something that I like latched onto and I I fell in love with. It made me feel empowered in my body and so it made me feel really, really strong. And then the whole competing thing was like I think, you know, you get to a point with your training where you're like, what are you doing? Mm. You question, you know, what can you do? And a couple of people around me were like, oh, I think you should really give it a try, right? And I just – I did it because I thought – you know, I want to, I want to prove to people like, you know, if I can, you can kind of thing. Mm. I was still fucked up in the head back in like, this was 2017. Like I was not the right person to be completely inspiring people. Right. Like I was still sort of, I look back on that time and I, like, I think I got the message across, but I'm always going to be transparent. Like I was not all there. Right. Like I was still a little bit in the eating disorder going. Cause for the first time in my life, I got lean enough where I was getting male physical attention. Right. Mm. And I had, like, I spent a lot of time, like, it was it was very like late in my 20s that i started to date and like deal with the mm. whole opposite sex dating thing yeah. because i was traumatized yeah, from like what course. had happened to me yeah. so like i didn't i didn't want any I, like i liked guys along the way and there were guys where i was like oh maybe but really i was i kept them at a distance i didn't let anyone sort of come near me cuz i was just like i, I know that that's going to be a big deal and i don't want to deal with that mm. You know, and also too like it's a big deal to sort of like be around a guy with my legs off. Like there are very few people that have seen me with my legs off and like posting about it on Instagram was a huge thing for me like because it wasn't something I really share. It's sort of like, I don't know, it's just – it was a weird thing for me. Mm. Um, and so I sort of started I, – I competed and I was like, oh, yeah. And I so I got male attention and then I sort of like was into a guy around that time as well. It was all happening for me. I was so fucked up. <laughs> <Your> hormones <laughs> and, were and, raging. And, yeah. yeah. And then because I got so like lean and I was look, being like given that attention, mm. it made me perceive my body in a negative way again and I had to work through some, some things and – um, I ended up just putting on a whole bunch of weight post first comp, you know, not giving a shit. I also ended up in excruciating amounts of pain and the doctors at the time basically said to me, oh, you've got 12 months to walk, right? And I was like, what the fuck? Like this is my biggest – yeah, I was a number to him that day yeah, that as well. Fucked yeah. my head up, right? Sat and return, babe, sat yeah. and return. That's, oh, yeah. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, I, I was just like that, that was the, the other time that, you know, the, the whole drug thing, mm. you know, near miss again. Um, and so it was putting on all that weight. And then I sort of, I, I was, I, I found a way with food again where I found love with it again. And so then when I went back to the gym. The loot to losing, I was so ashamed. Like, because you know, you put on all this weight, and then like the last time people were seeing me, I was like, I was tinier than what I am now, right? Like, I was a rake, and so then to go back there, it was really humbling. Like, I, I really am glad I did that because like Mm. I am so not about my physical body anymore. I can literally walk into that place and honestly say I don't give a crap what people think, Mm -hmm. Um, and and so I sort of became leaner and started losing weight or whatever and I re-found my love for the gym and I was like oh this is something that makes me feel strong Mm -hmm. and I was my, my chronic pain was sort of being managed again and um the whole competing thing came up again because one of my mates was like I think you should compete and I was like nah 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 no I never said I'd do it again I never do it again and I don't know like to a degree, yeah, he convinced me, but I mean, I think I was just trusting my intuition thing. Like I've met, like I trust my intuition blindly. Like the reason why I harp on about it is like I have survived some of the most fucked up things, yeah, and like my body took over in a way that like the whole dissociation mm. thing. But just in general, like I have survived some stuff that like if I hadn't have listened to the intuition, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today, yeah. right? And so I do things that make no sense to people, that makes no sense to me. I just sort of trust it. And I'm like, I got, I got this. I can trust this. And so that was probably one of the, you know, the, the times because like I was nowhere near comp ready or to be, you know, going into a comp or whatever. And the process taught me a lot more about me internally. It made me um, come home to myself even more. I felt more of myself. I was like, yeah, I do choose to be a lean human being because like who cares what people think about if i'm thin or fat or bodybuilder or thick or booty whatever but what do i aesthetically attri- mm. a strive to look like you know And prep teaches you about some about yourself in some way um, and each prep is different and so this one was very much about um about being more open mm. about accepting help as well um learning to learning the lesson that bec- i can trust someone because i trust me And then you just see what they do with that sort of – with that trust, Um, you know, be discerning and it's not a forever thing. It can be taken away. It's very easy. (laughs) You just go, oh, okay, well, when someone shows you who they are, you believe them. Um, And so, you know, I really enjoyed the experience getting up on stage, you know, Mm. this time. It wasn't about – because the last comp became about – proving something to other people. Yeah. And like I said, anytime it's outsourced, yeah. it's no good for you. And mm. I got up on that stage and I was so proud of myself, you know, and I was like – I was just like I fucking did it, you yes. know what I mean? And and it was – you know, I probably wasn't as conditioned as like I'd wanted to have been getting on stage but I wasn't – I realized now I wasn't even like – like I worked so, so hard but I wasn't taking it seriously in the sense of like – I'm going to be number one. I realize now my why was I'm just going to get up on stage and I'm going to, yeah, yeah. And I don't care if I'm not the leanest one on stage. Like for me, the fact that I'm like, standing up there with no hands, no feet, and I feel happy because I didn't feel happy in 2017. Mm. I was not – I was like all those photos, that's a fake smile. Like mm. that's Nessie doing what she knows how to do best, which is disassociate. Mm. I was so fucking triggered that day when I got on – like I, I couldn't – 2017, I was like whole, Like all of my trauma from being abused like hit me only one moment on stage. And I was – and I had, had those new legs that, that – I was wearing new prosthetic legs. I would had, had them for all of 10 hours wow. and you need to learn to walk again like new prosthetic legs is like learning to walk again and I, I literally that. got off stage and one of my mates Tomo caught me I was so thankful that I didn't fall on stage like that was that moment was so full-on for me like but it taught me so many things in in that one instance you know and that one experience of intensity was like you literally can hold it together under pressure like you 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 can do the things that will create pressure and you can lean into fear and it's gonna be okay that's what that moment taught Mm. me
0: I think that's one of the wisest things I've heard today literally
1: about leaning into fear and it will be okay yeah yeah yep I I live by it Mm. that's actually you know what that's what my family would all say about me Mm. they would say that she leans into fear because they they always encourage me when I'm about to do something a bit crazy and doesn't make sense they're like you lean into fear mm. they always remind me of that you say it all the time lean into fear like some of the best things that i've experienced in this earth is because i leaned yeah. into fear that's all i did i was just i was just like it's scary but i'm gonna do it anyway yeah A lot of
0: people will learn mm. from that 100
1: yeah do you have any
0: final questions or uh, i don't really you're just sitting here in awe. I can yeah. Like- I'm just like you're so amazing, and like everything you've said, it's just like
1: hope it's made sense, you just, guys. T- you
0: just take over because I like everything <laughs> oh, that gosh. you've covered. No, everything you've covered is what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, oh, really.
1: Yeah. So, oh yeah, I will say um, that fitness. You know, as much as because I I I think um, something that I've recently mm-hmm. learned um, from someone I really admire. He's so cool. Gosh, it's going to stroke his ego. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, I really feel that he's taught me that the when you manage what's going on on the inside, mm-hmm. like with nutrition and happiness and all that, the outside follows. Like I look really good right now mm-hmm. and I'm putting, like, the least amount of effort in that I've yeah. ever had in my whole life. Like to look like this, I, in the past, I have – starved myself mm. I have followed other stupid things that people have said mm-hmm. to do I have done all this amount of cardio like the amount of stress that I have put onto my body to mm. look the way that I do right now is ridiculous mm. and all I'm doing is nourishing my body I'm eating listening more than I body. Yeah, Listening to before. my body I'm like eating more than I ever have mm-hmm. in my whole life, people do not be afraid of food. Yeah. Yeah. Like my family look at me now and like my brother, he yeah. Like it, we've had like a couple of like family functions recently. And he goes, all you do is have feed days. What <laughs> are these refeed days? Because they're not used to seeing me eat. Because yeah. they're not used to they're, – like they're, they're, my family looks at like when, when I go to a function, I'm always dieting or I'm always mm, like yeah. I can't eat that or I eat like a rabbit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, or I like the food is – you know, it's going to weigh me down more mm-hmm. on the earth. You know, like – and so I want – I hopefully when people like, yes, yeah, sure, maybe you might check me out on Instagram and be like, oh, wow, like that, that's unattainable or maybe I have to do all this stuff because mm. I do post pretty heavy on the whole mm. bodybuilding thing and I do it because it's like look what I can do without hands no, and feet. No, that's what I mean. That's mm. so inspiring. That, but I don't do it because I need that movement in mm. my life to keep me looking fit. Yeah. I want people to know that, that the body – follows what your body is the best food diary that you ever have you know what I mean it it, it don't lie yeah but, you know what I mean like right now I'm a little bit I'm I'm, I'm feeling a little bit fluffy because it don't lie yeah know what I mean? but that's okay you yeah know what I mean and so like I, I want people to go within nutrition and love of thyself and bank on your self-worth and your physical body, like you will glow. People tell me all the time. Mm. They say, you're glowy, man. You are so glowy. And it's like, no, I'm glowy because I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glowy because I like my self-worth and the list of things that I love about me start from inside and then we'll add, you know, the peach and Mm. and the whatever. You know what I mean? But to begin with. The inside stuff. Yeah. So I just want that to be. Yeah, 100%. And where can people
0: find you on Instagram? It is Vanessa Calafiore. How do you spell that sure We put it link. in the yeah, notes. Yeah.
1: It's, it's Italian, you know. Gotta have those vowels. Yes. <laughs> um, Your yeah.
0: Your Italian last name is so much easier. Yeah. Pazzini.
1: Pazzini.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is, yeah. yeah. So much easier. Um, do you want to finish with the last questions? <laughs> um, well, I asked about why you yep. work out. Okay. What was the other ones? Oh, we haven't said them for a oh couple of weeks, God. so I've forgotten. Me too. What's the last photo on your phone? Oh, yeah, last photo on your phone. That was one question.
1: I don't know what. Oh, actually, I know what it will be. It will be the the parking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it will be. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Um,
0: Oh, loved.
1: Loved. Where is. We always. It is. Yeah, it is. Yay. Otherwise, (laughs) it was the sky. Oh, (laughs) nice. nice. Yeah. How fluffy do they look? I'm so. I am such a like. Like my my apartment when I moved recently, I was like it needs to have like a good ass balcony. Yeah, I spend so much time under the stars and the sun. I'm such a because I spend a lot of time not sleeping, and yeah, I just think true. the sun and the vitamin D is a real thing, mm-hmm. and the stars like I it's magic.
0: I it is just, magic.
1: I don't know what it's like. I saw a shooting star recently, and I was just like, oh my god, I haven't seen one in so like, and I was on the phone with someone, and he goes. And I told him oh, I haven't seen one since blah 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 blah, and he's like, the fact that you know the date of the last time you saw a shooting star just shows how much like I love the sky. Yeah, like, I'm just it's it's my happy place, and That's it's wherever cute. you are in the world. True, yeah. I you always know? think
0: that I'm like, whoa, we're looking at the sky, and like someone in America the next yeah. day seeing that it's wild. Yeah, yep. yeah, so crazy. None yeah, that imagine. was the last one, yeah. but. Thank you so much for coming on. You were an absolute bloody delight. Thank and you for having me. like I said at the start, you are very fucking inspiring. And yeah. Thank you. It's my last little <laughs> say. <laughs>